0: We are. we are. We
1: are. We are cultivate. 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 Cultivate.
0: Cultivate. Cultivate. We are cultivate. The story that surrounds the Lutz family's 1975 purchase and very quick departure from their dream home has fascinated people for decades and has been a staple in American media, spawning books and a number of increasingly terrible movies. Walls that oozed green slime. A demonic pig-like creature with glowing red eyes. A priest getting slapped by an invisible force and being told to get out when blessing the house. It's a ghost hunter's wet dream. But the ordeal of the Lutz family. Uh, but was the ordeal of the Lutz family a case of genuine paranormal activity? Is the house that sits in Ocean Avenue in Amityville really one of the most haunted in America, or is this story just that—a story? conjured up to profit from the sale of a book deal. This is the case of the Amityville Horror and whether it is truth or just a story. Hello everybody, it's Dom and Amy and welcome to this week's episode of horror house please take this as your reminder as per usual that you are a wonderful wonderful human being who is awesome and so so damn cool because you're listening to us and we love and appreciate the support you give us all the time we never take it for granted we wouldn't be doing this without you so thank you for once again tuning in and lastly just keep being you because you are pretty goddamn awesome. Amy, how are you doing today, my lovely? It's been a minute since we recorded together.
1: It has been a hot minute. Um, I am very good. I'm very excited. I am keen I for this episode. <laughs> not that I'm not keen for every episode that we do, because obviously I am. But this one in particular is very exciting and I'm very much looking forward to it. So yes, I'm in a very good mood. And I've had a really shitty day. So I'm really
0: glad that we're doing this and it's very nice to see you Oh, well it's lovely to see you too, my love. Um, and I'm glad that you're looking forward to this. Now I'm excited to talk about this one. It's it's been it's been in the bag for a while and I, I you know, I was telling you before that um I was a little bit hesitant to cover it because, you know, I don't know if I would classify myself as a sceptic, but I didn't want to sort of talk about something that I, I'm i not a, a massive, total believer in, but at the same time, it's quite an interesting topic to talk about, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm a little bit nervous about it as well, because this is, I'm, I'm quite skeptical about the, you know, the supernatural and all that kind of side of things. Hauntings don't really do it for me. I'm not really that way inclined. But if there was ever one that I want to believe, it's probably this one, but like, this is higher than the one that I hope are true and i'm I know that you're yeah. not you're not massively behind the idea of it being real, so I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm again very excited
0: There are things that I find extremely difficult to believe, which I do mention um and there are things that I'm like that sounds you know that sounds realistic, that doesn't sound like. It could be totally made up. And there are things that are just, I'm just like, that is the, that's the biggest <laughs> load of fabrication I've heard in my life. Um, so yeah, I think people are going to fall into like two camps. Well, maybe three, um, which I'll discuss a little bit later on towards the end. But yeah, you're, you're either going to fall.
1: You're either going to fall one way or the other or the other. <laughs>
0: There's a very much hard A, a very much hard B, but also a middle ground that you might, that you might fall into.
1: Hey, as long as there's a hard so, D, I'm on board.
0: That, I mean, the middle ground could be the hard D. It could be the hard D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we
1: haven't even started the episode and I've made a sex joke. Mm. I'm, doing, I'm doing good today.
0: Oh, dear. So, Amy, my lovely, are you ready to dive into... The case of the Amityville horror.
1: My name is in the title, so I'm not ready.
0: already. I mean, tell you it's Amity, not Amy T. Amy horror.
1: Hey, it's spelled right, you know? It, that... it sounds right. It's not spelled right. I'm going to. But yeah, I'm ready. Fuck it. Let's go.
0: Cool. Let's get started on the case of the Amityville horror, shall we? Thank you. Um, Thank you yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Before before one talks about the at least alleged terrifying ordeal of the Lutz family, uh, one must talk about the events that happened in the house before the Lutz family moved in. In Amityville, Long Island, New York, two years prior, Ronald DeFeo Jr. would burst into Henry's bar claiming his family had been murdered, all shot to death. A search of the home would reveal that indeed six people had been shot dead in the house. Ronald DeFeo Senior, 43, and uh, Louise DeFeo, um, also 43, and four of his siblings, Dawn, 18, Alison, 13, Mark, 12, and John, 9, were shot around 3 in the morning um, with a thirty-five caliber uh, lever action Marlin .336C rifle. That's a mouthful. You couldn't have just picked a a normal gun. (laughs) You had to go with the one with about six separate names.
1: Yeah. I mean, just just shot. Shot's enough, isn't it? It doesn't really matter what kind of gun it is. It's just, just shot is enough. Yeah. Got <laughs> shooted with a
0: gun. Got That's shooted. What a, I heard. With a bang bang. <laughs>
1: Got the boom boom stick.
0: The bang bang noise thing. <laughs> with a boom boom stick.
1: The, the rooty tooty point and shooty.
0: <laughs> tooty point and shooty. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of. Um, when Red Dead 2 was released, and everyone would just call it like rooting, tooting, cowboy shooting, 2. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: exactly. I love how this oh, is really serious. Yeah. Like, six, was it six people who've just died? They've just been shot. Six One people. of them was nine, and we're just like, hee hee, guns.
0: We're not laughing at, obviously, we're not laughing at the people, No, 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 I cool just, not. I probably could have, um, probably could have said that in less than a mouthful. Uh, Ronald suggested to police at the scene of the crime that the shootings had been carried out uh, by a mob hitman, uh, Louis uh, Fellini. Ronald was then transported to the neighborhood police station for his own protection. However, a station interview quickly revealed significant discrepancies in his account of what happened. um, And he would eventually admit to executing his own family the day after. Uh, The trial for DeFeo started on October the 14th, 1975. Um, DeFeo claimed that he killed his family in self-defense because he had heard their voices conspiring against him. Um, This man is very much going to be using the uh, (laughs) insanity defense. Um, He and William Weber, his defense attorney, would indeed... Launch a defence of insanity. There it is.
1: <laughs> that that was early on in this uh, this case, but yeah, I thought it was just when you said, "Oh, he yeah. heard their voices conspiring against him." I thought he you just meant like he was standing at the top of the stairs, and and they were just you know not whispering very well. But I didn't realise you meant in his head.
0: They're standing at the top of the stairs, and like they're whispering really loudly, and he comes up, and they're just like crap. Have we been whispering too loud this entire time? Hi, Ronald. What are you guys talking about?
1: (laughs) Nothing. Uh, We weren't talking. (laughs) Where's spies, Emma?
0: Not everything's about you, Ronald. God.
1: Yeah, fake. God. Narcissism much.
0: (laughs) Uh, Daniel Schwartz, uh, the defence psychiatrist, uh, agreed with the insanity plea. Um, although DeFeo used heroin and LSD, according to the prosecution psychiatrist, Dr. Harold Zolin, he also had um, antisocial personality disorder and was conscious of his activities at the time of the murder. And therein lies the paradox of the insanity defense, especially as Ronnie would later admit that the whole hearing voices things uh, was shockingly just a ploy for an insanity defense. He was very much admitted that there were no voices (laughs) at all. So. I
1: mean, come.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's the oldest trick in the book. Although, heroin and LSD, blimey, you know, not good on you. That's not what I meant at all. Drugs are bad. It's not good. But that's, you know, those are some hardcore drugs.
0: Yeah. Um, And... I suppose maybe he was hearing voices, but not because there was a, you know, an evil force guiding him. He was just like he drugged tripping balls. Out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. We're um, all hearing voices but it's, but it's, with that in our the,
0: system. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the, you know, we've talked about it before, and, you know, you've talked about it before. It's the insanity defense is, you know, is it really a acceptable sort of defense of yourself not really because you're Mm. conscious of your own activities at the time um but
1: Mm. although in this case maybe not but he might not be mental but he might also not be conscious of his activities if he's off his Mm nut on that nice little combination or a delightful little cocktail with uh narcotics
0: rather unsurprisingly um DeFeo would be found guilty of six charges of second-degree murder on November the 21st, 1975. On December the 4th, um, uh, 1975, uh, Judge Thomas Stark would sentence DeFeo to six sentences of 25 years to life. In other words, he is not getting out of prison. Mm -hmm. DeFeo was... Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, DeFeo was incarcerated at the Sullivan uh, Correctional Facility in the New York town of Fallsburg. And up to his passing in 2001, uh, the parole board had rejected every single one of his pleas and appeals. So, with that backstory out the way, um, let's fast forward a little bit to September of 1977. The spectral terrorism experienced by the succeeding occupants of what was then 112 Ocean Avenue is described in Jay Anson's The Amityville Horror, A True Story novel. Since it was published, practically every aspect of the book has been questioned, which has resulted in numerous lawsuits from the people involved in it. Um, Anson asserts in the book that the house was abandoned for 13 months following the DeFeo killings, However, George and Kathleen Lutz uh, would buy the home in December 1975 for $80,000, which was a pretty big bargain at the time. It's uh, a pretty big bargain now, bedroom, that's for
2: sure.
0: Yeah, like $80,000 now would get you a box in London. A it would get you a box. flat share. Like,
1: you, you, it would get you 50% <laughs> of
0: a flat. 50% of a flat. <laughs> God.
1: Like how
0: grown up Whereas we've up got, north, We've 80... got all, you know. Whereas $80,000 up north would probably get you like an entire goddamn mansion or something obscene. Well, yeah. Um, so the five bedroom house had a remarkable uh, gambrel roof and was constructed in the Dutch colonial style. It also had a swimming pool and due to its location on a canal, also had its own boathouse. Fancy. Fancy. What fancy. the
1: hell? Right, I know. I know what's going to happen. And I'm fully aware of the history of this house. But fuck it, you're damn straight on buying that 80 grand. That is a bargain. Yeah. It's got everything I need. Right. I, I don't care if there's potential for me to get murdered. It's like, I can live with that. There's always potential for you to get murdered. That's a steal. <laughs> Sign me up.
0: Right. Like, that is obscene for $80,000 obviously there's a reason why it's $80,000 but at the same time that's a lot of house for $80,000 when uh, George and Kathy got married in July 1975 they each already owned a home but they desired a fresh start with a new one from a previous marriage uh, Kathy had three children Daniel 9, Christopher 7 and Melissa or Missy uh, aged 5 additionally they had Harry uh, who was a Malamute Labrador mix, and if it's anything like the Ryan Reynolds film, that dog would have been goddamn adorable.
1: Yeah, sorry, uh, I got distracted. And I can it imagine it was a Ryan Reynolds film. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna gonna take a moment <laughs> to myself. Um, please continue.
0: Oh dear, every man and woman listening to this podcast has now had a mess in their trousers. We understand it's Ryan Reynolds who does that.
1: If, if you if you don't know what we're talking about, you don't need to watch the film. Just Google <laughs> Amityville Ryan Reynolds and enjoy. You're very welcome.
2: <laughs>
1: it's I a feast I, for the um, eyes. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Are you? Yeah. What? Haunted? <laughs> yeah.
0: Amy, get it together. Sorry, yeah, no,
1: I'm here, I'm here. I'm a professional, I'm back in the room, let's go.
0: Oh dear. (laughs) Very warm all of a sudden, but it's fine. The real estate estate agent um, did inform inform them of the DeFeo killings during their initial home inspection and inquired as to how this would influence their decision. Uh, They would discuss it and they would determine that there was no issue and they would carry on um with the purchase of the house. I mean, ACG for a pretty nice house, I think I'd go through with it. Like, the ghouls can either like it and we can vibe, or they can go and find some other house to haunt. Like, let's be honest, they're probably not paying rent or the bills. Like, so they can they can like it or they can fuck off.
2: Yeah. Agreed. <laughs>
0: They're like, we're going we're gonna to coexist, poltergeists. Okay. We're going to coexist in this house because this is a bargain. All right. Goddamn. Um, on December the 18th, 1975, the Lutz family would move in. Since it was included in the deal for $400, the majority of the DeFeo family's furniture was still present in the house. I'm not sure if I would have kept that. No. that's a bit that's me
1: <laughs> it's it's no. a bit mm, no yeah. i mean it's a it's a fair deal yeah. for 400 dollars like bargain but also where did they die is, is there death juice on it i don't yeah. know just just clean
0: <laughs> exactly exactly like even if it's just like a, a dining room table I'll just be like, you know what? I don't particularly want that in the house. Can we can we get rid of that? right like, let's yeah. get our own furniture in. Thank you. That <laughs> kind of
1: feels like as well. If um, you're keeping that old furniture, then you're sort of asking to be haunted.
0: Like Yeah.
1: Just just cleanse it. Just cleanse the whole place. Get your sage out. You know, get your sea yeah, right out. Uh, yeah. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> cleanse that shit. And then, you know, think about moving in. Granted it's a bargain. Maybe just, you know, to be on the safe side, just get some holy water or something, I don't know, whatever. But definitely get, get rid of holy the water out, point that I'm making.
0: Yeah. Um, and to, to be fair, the DeFeo family did have um, a priest come by and bless the house as they moved in. Um, however, it wouldn't be long before spooky events would start to plague um, Ocean Avenue. The first of these being by the actual priest who was blessing the house. Um, according to Lutz, uh, the priest claimed that in the sewing room, he felt an invisible hand hit him and I heard a voice command, get out. Uh, the priest then reportedly developed flu-like symptoms and started bleeding from his hands. But that would be only the beginning COVID. of all of these ghoulish <laughs> goings on. Um, for instance, George claimed to awaken every day at 3.15 a.m., uh, the precise moment the purported killings had taken place. Um, Missy started conversing with an imaginary or possibly demonic being named Jody. Um, Kathy would also claim to have levitated above her bed before awakening to welts on her chest. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's a
1: lot of things. That's a that lot of different
2: things.
0: It is a lot of different things. Um, and it doesn't sound too unbelievable either. Um, that that all sounds quite standard haunted house behaviour.
1: Yeah. But, come um, on, I feel like you're about to give me a buck.
2: Not give me a buck, be it. But, you know, you know what I mean. But, but...
1: <laughs> but, but, goose... <laughs>
0: I mean, I do like a, I do like a. We all I love a, like butt. a butt. Come so. on, we
1: all love a good butt. But I can't <laughs> stop saying butt now. For fuck's sake. What I mean is, I feel like you're about to say, yeah. It all sounds believable, and it all sounds pretty, you know, normal. Buck. What's the butt, Dom? Tell me the I... butt.
0: <laughs> I just want to see how many times you can say but
1: and Now I'm what just I thinking mean, but. about butts. <laughs> Don't because I'll get distracted again. Now I'm thinking about Ryan Reynolds, but <laughs> Ugh, <God>. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is getting all the shout-outs in this episode. God that.
1: Ryan Reynolds um... deserves all the shout-outs. I'm <laughs> no, hoping if I true. say enough, I'll conjure that
0: is him. True. What would you do if we we say his name enough times he just appears on the screen in the th- I... in a third window?
1: Flood my fucking basement, mate, is what I'd do. <laughs> And then I don't know. God, dear,
0: yeah, something be to quite say.
1: <laughs> I have no idea.
0: Uh, i mean, trying to see you string a sentence together would be quite entertaining. I won't. It's
1: know. hard enough on a regular day.
0: It would be like if Bailey Sarian just appeared on this call, then I would, I, I, you would have to take the rest of the episode because I wouldn't be able to function properly.
1: That's fine. It's not. can handle it.
0: It would just be me drooling for, like, half an hour as you just, like, try and salvage the recording.
1: That's fine. I think I could probably talk to him. I think once I got over the initial, holy shit, it's Ryan Reynolds, holy shit, I need to change my pants." I think after that I'd be like, no, okay, come on, Amy, put it together. He's just a man, you're just a woman, we've all got the right working parts here, let's make it happen. <laughs> That is my process of flirting, by the way. Jesus. Like generally, if, if that <laughs> happens, I'm it starts off with holy shit, that person's already attractive. And then I get all shy for a minute and have to take a moment to myself. And then I go, oh, actually, do you know what? Fuck it. And I get really aggressive. And then once I hit the aggressive stage, you know that I like you. That's how it works.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh dear. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds would have no idea what hit him. The the, the poor man. Um, okay. According to Lutz, there were odours in the house. Uh, quote, there were odours in the house that came and went. Uh, there were sounds. The front door would slam and shut in the middle of the night. Uh, and I couldn't get warm in the house for many days. According to Lutz, the family would try in vain to stay warm by keeping the fireplace going both day and night. When they would wake up in the morning, they would discover odd uh, gelatinous droplets on the carpet. He even asserts that his wife... That his wife occasionally underwent a bodily transformation um, into an old woman, sporting the face, hair, and wrinkles of a 90-year-old. Okay. There's the but. Um... Um... the I old did say that, that some part. things are
1: believable, um, that still I potentially believable, to and see uh, how it can happen. It came later, maybe, like, maybe I don't know. He's starting to feel a little bit mentally ill, and maybe he's hallucinating. I think that's not everything has to be attributed to a ghost, it could just be ghostly goings on that maybe. then lead to other things this might be one of those other things or it's just a ghost who i don't know has an old lady so turns ladies into old ladies i don't don't know okay i don't but either way you can't rule it out as a possibility
0: this ghost was very much a fan of the shining and she was like you know that old lady in the bathtub this is my yeah ghostly form
1: (laughs) that's such a disturbing bit of the shining yeah. yeah, maybe. Know. Who knows? Maybe they're just a Stanley <laughs> Kubrick know. fan,
0: or maybe George Lutz likes to dream about ninety-year-old woman and had a dream that his wife turned into one. I don't know. Bad, bad, bad,
1: bad. I mean, she will do one She's day. Got an old if lady you long enough.
0: But he was like, "Oh, would it happen now? God damn it!
1: Immediately, <laughs> you're not aging fast enough." <laughs>
0: Uh, According to George, uh, one night he would hear the beds of his kids quote, slamming up and down on the floor uh, above him, but was helpless to act because he would be held motionless in bed by an ominous force. Uh, The Lutz family um, would allegedly reach their breaking point on January the 14th, 1976, according to Anson. After a final night, which they... um, declined to explain in detail Uh, the Lutz family would leave the house just 28 days after moving in leaving food in the fridge and clothes in the closets according to the telegraph the Lutz family did undergo and pass a lie detector test to verify the accuracy of their assertions they had made about their time in the house um However, the subsequent owners of the property have asserted that they have never encountered anything even quite comparable to the disturbances the Lutzes allegedly experienced. Quote, "Uh, nothing weird ever happened except for people coming by because of the book and the movie, said James Cromarty, who lived in the house from 1977 to 1987. Obviously, the Ghouls weren't equal opportunity mischief makers. That's a little, that's an interesting little tidbit. I'm not sure how I buy lie detector results. I'll be honest. Um, there is a reason why polygraph tests aren't admissible evidence in court. Um, they're not the most, rela- I, I don't know if this is like for certain, but I have read that it's not particularly difficult to cheat a lie detector test. Like, you can pass them relatively easily.
1: I think it all depends on the questions you're being asked as well. Like, because that those have to be some mm. pretty specific questions. Like, you can't say to someone, was a ghost doing this to you? Because you don't know mm. the answer to that question. Like, you can't say yes and it be the truth because you don't know for certain. But you also can't say no, and it be the truth if that's what you think might be happening. So, I don't know how conclusive it would be in that sense. Like, all we can really ask them is, Do you believe that a ghost or, or a supernatural entity is doing this to you? To which they can answer yes, which would be the truth, but it doesn't prove anything. So, mm, yeah. I don't know. It's a bit, bit of a weird one. It's a weird yeah. scenario to do a lie detector in anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and I think the fact that the subsequent owners of the properties haven't encountered anything. In fact, like, nobody that's owned the house since has reported anything paranormal. Not not one thing paranormal has happened apparently in that house since the Lutz family lived there. Mm. So...
1: See, I can kind of believe that though because, I don't know, I don't want to like dive into too much paranormal you know myth or whatever but supposedly the more attention is on a place the less easy it becomes for spirits to like come through and to do things around it
2: Mm.
1: like the more energy is focused on that one place the harder it becomes for a spirit to focus their energy on it and therefore make things happen so I can kind of believe that if there's a lot of people around then maybe they the ghost or the I don't know whatever we want to call it Spirit, um, it couldn't make stuff happen anymore. I don't know. I feel like I'm fighting maybe a corner that I'm not fully in support of, but I, I kind of get it. <laughs> I kind of get
0: it. I mean, no, it's a fair point, and you know, I'm sure people that you know are, are full believers, um, you know, would say that it might not necessarily be the house that's haunted it might be the family and it would have followed them instead of staying attached to that house yeah um so that could also be that could also be true um you know and obviously i'm not going to be like either way i'm not going to say either way this this you know we talked about it before we started recording this is very much a this is what people are saying for this is what people are saying against and i'm going to leave it up to you listeners to decide what you believe um so you know them being followed by the spirits is a possibility um Mm. but it's also possible that it was it was a story conjured up for reasons that I will mention a little bit later on um and you know, the the fact that there's been no other reports of paranormal happenings since that might also be something worth thinking about. But yeah, it's entirely subjective, yeah. I think. Similar to the demonic possession episode, that was entirely subjective. And I think this one is also going to be entirely subjective.
1: Yeah. And plus people will believe what they want to believe. You know, if you're looking at it, you're coming from a viewpoint of I'm into, you know, parapsychology I'm into the supernatural then you'll want to see it as a haunted house if you're coming at it from a you know I, I like true crime or whatever, then you'll see it from that point of view you know if you're a skeptic you'll see it from a skeptical point of view so it's you're always going to bend the facts to your own opinion, essentially
0: yeah nevertheless uh, when news of the Lutzer's family's Lutz's encounters uh, spread They received inquiries from those who were curious about the supernatural. Uh, Reporter Laura uh, Didio recruited a team of psychic investigators to look into the Lutz family's claims two months after they left the house. Uh, The investigators would stay in the residence for an entire night while moving from room to room in an effort to detect those ghostly vibrations. Uh, It was like a psychic slumber party, um, Didio would remember. Sounds was fun. Um, this sounds like an interesting slumber party. That's that's for sure. Um, very different.
2: <laughs> mm. uh,
0: but L- Lorraine Warren, uh, one of the researchers, uh, recalls a quote: overwhelming feeling of quite horrible depression in the home. A number of time-lapse photos of the upstairs landing were also taken by the team. Uh, none of the photos displayed anything unusual all except for one this image would include what didio described as quote the face of what appeared to be a little boy peering out from one of the bedrooms i don't have you seen the photo amy you probably have have, i'm assuming
1: yeah i have seen the photo it's um unsettling i think is the best way. yeah it's a bit weird it's definitely not (laughs) not normal um Again, this is one of those things, it's very difficult to explain, but at the same time, you can only take the explanation of the people that are around, and the people that were in the house were like, well, there was no little boy in the house, and we have to just kind of go, oh, okay, so there was not a little boy in the house, but there is one in the photo, how odd. We don't actually know anything. All you're really looking at is a photo. Um. And a bad photo yeah. at that. It's not, you know, I mean, we're not talking like yeah. HD ready, 4K, whatever. We're talking an old photo. So, mm. I but it's it's a weird, it's a very uncertain photo. When when you take the context of it, it's yeah. very um, strange. Strange. Yes.
0: Yes. I would 100%, 100% agree. Um, but on that note, uh Let's take a little break um, before we barrel into part two of this episode. Amy, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I need a bit of a break to think
0: about Ryan. You go and do that, and I'll think okay. about baby Darian during the break, and we'll both and we'll both yeah, we'll both be happy. Um, both turn our cameras on. We will see you back here <laughs> in just two <a>
1: minutes. <laughs> hey, creepy people! This is p Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel Thirteen
0: as well as our spooky stories
1: from pike place and raven's manor on apple podcasts spotify and anywhere else you'd like to listen have Have a a creepy creepy ass day
2: hey steven hey leo
0: i love horror movies so do i i don't love that i have nobody to talk about them with
2: it sucks you see something great you tell your friends to go see it and they don't have the time because they have kids and a job (sighs) they have a life boring i know imagine if there was a podcast where you could make your buddy watch a horror movie and under threat of death they had to and then you got to talk about it crack jokes things like that that
0: sounds wonderful
2: what if we did it we could do it under threat of death yes so much death so much threat i love it we could call it spoils of horror great name and guess what what we've been doing it for three months what it's crazy We're on all major podcasting platforms.
0: You can search Spoils of Horror on all social medias. Come check us out. Hang out with us. Have a good time. Join us. If you dare. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back uh, to our terrifying tale, our paranormal party, uh, as Amy coined. Um, How are you feeling, Amy, about the Amishville Horror so far? Are you for? Are you against? Have you made up your mind?
1: Um, I had to really stop my intrusive thoughts just then from saying what I wanted to say. Um, so now I'm just pausing while I rethink of an appropriate response. Um, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I, I don't. I said it at the start of the episode. I really want this to be the case that proves. The paranormal
2: activity exists. But mm-hmm. so far,
1: I don't think, I think it's just, I think it's a lot of people in one a house good story. that are probably all talking about it, probably all sharing experiences that they think that they've had and seeding off of each other. I think that's more
0: likely, Okay, but I'd like it to be true. Okay. Um... That's a that's a, a fair... Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, what was that? I thought you like you I'm so like sorry. A bug or something. <laughs> no, it's my
1: it's my fucking lighting. It's I'm just having a bad I'm having a bad studio day. It's it's not going well. <laughs>
0: Good lord. It's
1: fine. I think I think I've sorted it now. <laughs> Everything's all right. Everyone's alive. Maybe it was just something paranormal.
0: Bloody hell. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe maybe my ring light is haunted this uh, house
1: my ring light is haunted that's the only explanation
0: here yeah. absolutely it's, it's the only only logical explanation um haunted ring cool, so in part one, uh we talked about the Lutz's family's stay in the house and what they experienced or what they said they experienced um and a little psychic slumber party that went there to, to see the ghouls and the ghosties. Um, so in part two, we're going to talk a little bit more about the evidence for, the evidence against, and what other people have said about the Amityville horror. Um, so Ed Warren would say uh, in the 2000 documentary, uh, Amityville Horror or Hoaxed? Quote, this is no ordinary house. On a scale of 1 to 10, this was a 10. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren were paranormal investigators and authors. Uh, Ed was a self-taught and self-professed, emphasis on the second one, self-professed demonologist, and Lorraine uh, would profess to being a clairvoyant and a light trance medium. Uh, They are obviously known for their involvement in many, many cases of paranormal activity. The Perron family haunting is one, obviously the Amityville case and the Enfield haunting with their cases serving as the basis for the conjuring series. Even though the conjuring two would greatly exaggerate their involvement in that case. They weren't involved anywhere near to the amount that they are depicted in that movie. Um, Opinion is very much uh, split regarding the Warrens. You either believe that they are genuine paranormal investigators or they are just kind of grifters that were exploiting people for financial gain. Um, even author Ray Garton, who wrote an account of the alleged haunting of the Snede- of the Snedeker family, whom the Warrens stated their home was infested with demons, would question the truthfulness of his own. Um, he would say of Lorraine as well, quote, If she told me the sun would come up tomorrow morning, I'd get a second opinion. That's like the most polite burn I think I've oh. ever heard my- him <laughs> up.
1: yeah,
0: that's
2: pretty harsh
1: that's,
2: that's, that's what Bloody
1: I, don't hell. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to make of Ed and Lorraine kind of say it, Ed and Lorraine Warren um I think. They, yes, they're self
2: professed, but they did
1: what anyone else does in order to get profession, which was study a lot. They read a lot, they Mm -hmm. did research, they looked into a lot of things. Now, I would argue that if you do that, you become an expert. The only difference between what they do and maybe, you know, a doctor is that doctors take exams to prove that they know it and they couldn't do that because those exams didn't exist. So I don't believe that they were useless. Um, Yeah. It's difficult, but I do think that they were probably very, very knowledgeable. And I think that they helped Mm -hmm. a lot of people that didn't know where else to turn. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. this being one of those cases, like who else do you go to? If you think, if you genuinely believe that you are haunted and that you are having paranormal experience, and no one else believes you, where do you go? Other than someone like that who yeah. has other experiences that are similar, and if they validate you and make yeah. you feel better about the situation, then why the fuck not? Who cares? You know, it doesn't really matter that they haven't got a degree in it. It's it's bringing you comfort and hope, and I don't think that's fine. Like, sorry, I've gone on a bit of a rant yeah. about demonologists, but
0: you know, I, I do it's think
1: <laughs> they study just as much as anyone else would for their profession. So why not? Why not ask for their opinion? Why not ask yeah. for their help?
0: Um. So, but yeah, it's um, like I said, people sort of fall into into two categories, um, and you know, were they genuine? Were they not? I mean. I wasn't around the Warrens. I don't know. I, I can't say whether they were genuine or not. Um you know, there are things that are quite interesting. Um I can't remember I think it might have been the the haunting in Connecticut, um about the with the Snedeka family. Um I did read somewhere that mm-hmm. um uh Ed Warren Essentially, said to either the filmmaker who who did the film that was based on the book or the author of the book to just fill in stuff. Um, it doesn't matter if it was true or not; just fill it in. Um, which was interesting, but yeah, it's. Um, mm-hmm. I think it also it's also subjected to your belief, isn't it? If you're a believer in the paranormal, you're going to look at them one way. If you're a skeptic, you're going to look at them another way. Yeah. So. Not for sure. Once again, it's a personal belief thing, I think. Um Yeah,
1: it's it's bending the facts and the opinions to your own opinions and beliefs. It's you know, everyone's
0: gonna feel different. Yeah. Cool. So tangent over. Uh let's get back to the house of spooky happenings. Um numerous other examinations of the Lutz's uh, story have led to dissimilar results according to the new york times parapsychologists stephen and roxanne Kaplan claimed in a book that the lutz family's purported fabrications amounted to a premeditated attempt excuse me
1: we just burped at the same time
2: oh (laughs) how so cute (laughs) how cute (laughs)
0: Uh, So, yeah, according to the New York Times, parapsychologists Stephen and Roxanne Kaplan claimed in a book that the Lutz family's purported fabrications amounted to a premeditated attempt to deceive the public for financial gain. They noted several obvious inconsistencies in the various accounts of the incident. Um, They assert that the Lutz couple invented the occult event to profit from associated media attention that's quite a prevalent theory um some people also point at that being a theory because the lutz family were in quite a big amount of debt um so they right. needed some money mm. so
1: yeah okay i mean i guess it depends where they went first like if their first response was to call the press then yeah maybe it was money Monolith driven? Oh, what? Like it was for monetary Monopoly. gain. Um <laughs> but if their first port of call was let's call a priest or the Warrens or, you know, whoever to help then maybe not. I guess we don't really know yeah. who they reached out to for.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um I would assume that the Warrens they they reached out to the Warrens before they talked about a book being written. I don't know. Yeah, you would hope. That's a guess. Yeah. 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 If 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 they want people to to believe it's genuine, then yeah, you would expect them to not go and running to write a book before they're like, oh no, wait, let's let's get someone to the house and have a look. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Like you're gonna think that if you're genuinely believing that your safety is at risk then you're going to want to fix the problem first before, you know, calling yeah. the papers. That that would be my logic anyway, yeah. but what do I know? I've never been haunted, so... Other than my ring, which apparently <laughs> is not got its spirit anymore, so we're all good.
0: <laughs> uh, but the concept that the Amityville Horror Novel and subsequent films are based on genuine occurrences is wholly untrue, according to the fact-checking website Snopes. According to Snopes, uh, DeFeo's attorney, William uh, Weber, acknowledged that he and the Lutzes, uh, quote, created this horror story over many bottles of wine. According to Weber, the Lutzes began their conversation in a, quote, reserved manner and without any ranting and raving going on. Um, he claims that after the three had consumed at least four bottles of wine, uh, the evening had evolved into a brainstorming session on the kinds of things that could be included in a horror novel. Uh, Weaver claims that he never took the Lutzer's description of strange events that occurred uh, in the house seriously. Quote, absolutely not, because they were making a commercial venture. The Lutzes claim that Weaver put pressure on them um, and that they did not like his suggestion to give DeFeo a cut of the profits. Uh, After relocating to California, they made the decision not to collaborate with him and ultimately decided to embark on a book project with novelist Jay Anson. The end result was the um, aforementioned The Amityville Horror, A True Story. Uh, which was published in 1976 and sold more than 6 million copies after 13 printings. Three years after its initial release, the movie adaption also became a tremendous box office hit. However, the Lutzes never entered into a contract with Anson, and according to the family, the book and the movie only bought, them, uh, bought in approximately $300,000. So, doesn't sound mm-hmm. like a massive amount of money.
1: I mean, it's not, but it's still profit. I don't know. I would yeah, it's argue that if I there's, there's any profit, it's it's probably yeah. going to go against... As as soon as you take money mm. out of something, it goes against your belief. It, it, yeah. it slackens mm. your integrity. So I would argue that any profit is going to make it seem like maybe there's other things that could be questioned. Like, even if it was rooted in truth, you're, by taking money from it, you're going to make people think that, okay, well, some of this is exaggerated or some of this isn't exactly as things happened. Um, That that would yeah. be my thought process anyway. Like, if I'd have heard this story and then right at the very, very end of the story, you said to me, oh, and then they made a movie and made, you know, 300 grand. Granted, 300 grand... Isn't very much when you think about book sales and movie rights and all of that sort of stuff. But as soon as you tell me that they've made money off of my brain automatically goes, Oh, okay. So it wasn't bad then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I if you're happy 000. to relive
1: it and to see it yeah. brought to life on pages on the big screen, if you're okay with that, then it's obviously not as bad as you, maybe. Or yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm very, I'm yeah. really generalising there,
2: but yeah, it, it's definitely definitely
0: odd. It's a fair point, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, and I suppose three hundred thousand dollars in the late seventies was probably quite a bit of money. Um, so I don't on, know really, what that yeah. equates to in twenty twenty three money, but back then it a was bit. probably a fair chunk of change. Fair chunk of change.
1: Well they they paid about um, like eighty grand for the house, so that gives us some yeah. idea
0: um so uh George would acknowledge that some of the scenes in the novel and the film, including the one involving the green slime you know the oozing walls and the green slime on the carpet um were embellishments that never actually happened um However, he had always been steadfast in saying that both the book and the movie are based on true events. He asserts that if they made um if they made made up anything, they would have come up with a better lie and wouldn't have departed their home, leaving their possessions behind. Yeah. However, he asserts that people have the right to dismiss his account as a hoax if they so wish. Quote, I can't tell them what to think. I can just say what I experienced. And I suppose that's kind of what we what we've We've said um, he can only say what happens, and it's up to uh, it's up to people whether they believe him or not.
1: Yeah, and if we're being honest, no one's gonna read a book or watch a movie about a straight up account of people's experiences of hauntings. Like generally, yeah. when people are haunted, quote unquote, you know, it's things like oh, okay, furniture moved a little bit or oh I felt a cold chill every time I entered this room you know stuff like that oh in extreme cases I had bruises on my arms or I had scratches on my back or you know whatever those individual things in terms of like particularly a horror audience which is usually very desensitized very you know immune to things that are scary normally they're not going to give a shit about that stuff So you have to embellish, you have to, you know, make up oozing walls, you have to make up violent attacks and, you know, all of this stuff just to keep people entertained. And that's what ultimately a movie maker or a book writer, book writer, what a terrible way of saying author, what an author is going to do is (laughs) embellish. So I think to have a go at the family for that maybe isn't the right way to direct that aggression that's come from creatives that's not come from they've told their story in as much as it may may not be true whatever. and the people that have created the money making things out of that story have added so they make money and that's
0: yeah 100% Uh, it's why like I, I do think that when people see a film that says this this is based on true events take that with a big grain of salt because there's oh, been 100%. creative license and not all of that is going to be true <laughs> there are going to be things yeah. added yeah i mean that even the demonic
1: happened. possession episode the one that we just did um, you know the exorcist is based on true events and a lot of what happened in the movie the exorcist is directly removed from that case Mm. you know words appearing on the body vomiting that sort of thing but there's so much in there. just not it just didn't happen. Yeah. it just wasn't there
0: yeah yeah
1: the all of the stuff that you couldn't think holy shit this is unbelievable didn't happen, basically the projectile green vomit didn't happen. fucking yourself with the crucifix yeah. didn't happen. like and plus it was a boy it wasn't a girl so you know all yeah. of these things But all of those things that I've just mentioned make that movie so fucking memorable, so scary and so profitable. And that's why movies like the Amityville Horror have had these embellishments, because if they didn't have the embellishments, you wouldn't watch them. And that's
0: it. Yeah. And they are definitely profitable because there's been like 20 sequels and they've gone even like Is each one much. has just gone further and further and further from the fucking like and remakes. There's, there's been like Amityville Horror Insane Asylum and, and it's just like okay so we're just milking this franchise dry now aren't we good stuff
1: and there's been <laughs> you know scenes where men don't have shirts on and <laughs> I, like... sorry I got distracted again
0: what's happening mm. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> the magic of cinema people
1: you know we have a lot to thank it for
0: yeah yeah. I mean to be honest probably the only reason to watch the Ryan Renny, Reynolds Amityville horror film is because he is top oh us yeah and it is that... terrible you it's, just need to watch really that scene movie. and then that's it <laughs> but it's
1: it's <laughs> worth watching just just Oscar,
0: <laughs> give that man an Oscar. Give that man an Oscar. What films get an Oscar for? <laughs> the Amityville Horror. Just... Yikes!
1: Even his acting isn't incredible in it. But <laughs> Oscars, take them. Best costume.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that would be. You can give him that category. Best yeah. topless scene in a movie. <laughs> the Amityville Horror. Ryan Reynolds.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna pop off over here and just. Uh... <laughs>
0: Do some
1: research. Be right. <laughs> Ignore the sound of typing. Not important.
0: Oh dearie v, this isn't even weekend, Amy. This is weekday, Amy.
1: This it says any time, any place, wherever you need me to watch this movie, <laughs> I'll happily do. It. Oh my! <laughs> Sorry, please continue. This is very serious. <laughs>
0: Uh, um <laughs> oh my lord. The thirst in this episode has been something else. Um oh, what man, episode I'm so episode right apologies? now. <laughs> <laughs> uh Hans Holzer, a professor of paranormal psychology, uh self described ghost catcher. What a job title that is. Um and author of numerous books on the occult, uh, was enlisted by Weber as he continued to work on his book project the home would be visited by holzer in 1977 along with a medium who professed to be able to communicate with the dead the medium allegedly entered a trance and claimed that there was an indian chief on the rampage in the house because it had been built over a sacred uh, indian burial ground according to holzer rather understandably members of the montukit tribe didn't really take too kindly to the assertion that an Indian chief was causing a ruckus in the house. Um, They would claim that no records of a burial ground in Amityville exist, and even if there was, quote, that doesn't mean we will go into somebody's body and capture their soul and control it in a very negative way. That's not us. The tribe's chief straight arrow cooper would state. Yeah, I can't imagine the tribe were like, Immensely pleased (laughs) when they were like, um, yeah, no, (laughs) there is no, yeah, don't, don't pin this on us.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a cop, not a cop out, but yeah, it's a loose connection, isn't it? And I feel like the Native American tribes get blamed for a lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of things that happen that they're then like, Oh, well, it's built on a Native American burial ground. Okay, not everything is a Native American burial ground. Yeah, You know, there can't be that many burial grounds. You can't blame everything on, because it's just impossible. So, and plus, what are the chances of it being on a Native American yeah. burial ground? Just leave them alone Stop blaming them for things that aren't their fault.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you think, like, the Indian chief just, like, Accidentally knocked over like a a, a a vase in the house, and then they're just like, Yeah, it's all him. It's all him. It's all his fault. <laughs> and the, the chief's just like, Oh, like what? All I did was knock over something. God damn. uh Joe Nickel, a professional skeptic who has made a living um of debunking claims of paranormal activity, holds that none of the claims, whether made by Holzer, the Lutzes, or anyone else, have any basis in reality. Uh, Quote, the bottom line is that it was a hoax or is simply, at best, a matter that's not proven. And that's not very good for America's most famous haunted house. But how far can the Lutz family's claims be discounted as elaborate fabrications if they genuinely believe that they are true? This is the very question that the 2013 film My Amityville Horror uh, poses. Daniel Lutz, Kathleen's child who witnessed the supposed um, phantom onslaught, reveals himself to be a man troubled by his history in interviews in the film. Daniel would say, quote, this is not something I asked for. I've been running away from it and it finally caught up with me. Um... In the documentary, Daniel talked of the abuse he endured at the hands of his stepfather and the patriarch's apparent involvement with Satanism during the documentary. Um, throughout various books and interviews, Daniel has remained true to the narratives that his mother and stepfather have presented. So that was a bit of out of left field. Um, I had no idea about the Satanism when I was reading up on this or... He was uh, abused by by old George.
1: I'm yeah. a bit maybe one sided about the Satanism, so we'll just brush casually. All right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it probably it probably isn't a great idea to dabble in the occult if you don't want to to get poltergeists in your house. Haunted. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) let's.
1: I'm just wanting to like put a line between Satanism and the occult. They're two very different things. If you're a practicing Satanist, yours truly, um, you're not summoning demons, particularly. You're not going to get one time soon. If you're practicing dark arts and the occult, very different, usually very negative, um, you know. Connotations and, and intentions um so they're very different things I, but they all tend to get under the satanist agenda um which just isn't the case so yeah i i don't think he was necessarily a satanist i think he was maybe interested in the occult
0: yeah i think so um yeah. Since the late 1970s, the house at Ocean Avenue has undergone extensive remodeling, along with a change of address number from 112 to 108, Um, and it no longer resembles the building seen in the movie. Uh, The home has had a number of owners over the years, with the most recent being in 2017. So, who is ultimately telling the truth? Uh, with both Kathy and George Lutz passing away in 2004 and 2006 respectively we may never know it all comes down to what you personally believe to be the case Um, though we touched on it earlier it's worth remembering that nobody who has lived in the home since the Lutzes has reported any unusual goings-on but take that as you will so In a way, that's not too dissimilar to another allegedly haunted house in California built by one Sarah Winchester. The allegedly exaggerated novel and its Hollywood adaptions appear to be the main sources of the Amityville house's popularity. After all, who doesn't love a good old-fashioned ghost story? And to this day, those who are truly convinced of the 28-day paranormal onslaught still visit the home at Ocean Avenue hoping that they must, they just may catch a glimpse of the paranormal. But, even with all that, maybe the true Amityville horror isn't the alleged paranormal barrage suffered by the Lutz family after all. Maybe the true Amityville horror is actually the methodical eradication of a family by Ronald DeFeo, who were just sleeping peacefully in their beds. And that's the case of the Amityville horror. So, Amy, I pose you a question. Option one, it's all genuine. It's all true. Everything that was stated happened, that happened, did happen. Option two, none of it happened. And it was all just a very good story to sell a book and make some money. Or option three, it was true to an extent and some things happened, some things that were stated to happen didn't happen, or it was embellished and made much bigger than it actually was. What would you go for if you had to
2: choose? My heart, my dark, depressed,
1: shriveled little heart, Um, would love it to be number one, Um, to be that it was all true, and that the house was wanted and that all of the things that happened happen. because there will always be a tiny part of me that wants to believe in the paranormal and, and the afterlife and everything that goes along with it. My head tells me that people can be very greedy and very money-grabbing and, and very creative in the ways that they go after those sorts of things, um, be it money, be it fame, whatever they looking for. It, my head sort of says option two is is quite likely, you know, that that none of it was real, that none of it... They took a story that just happened to be a part of that, that home's past and came up with an idea, probably, as you mentioned, over a few bottles of wine. Um, and just went with it and thought you know we, we can gain something out of this so so let's go with it and again you know I think my head probably said three might also have happened you know I think feeds into it and yes there was a horrific story a horrific event at the house and maybe there was one night where someone felt a ghostly hand or or they got a bit cold when they entered a room or Maybe there were a few nights where you know George Lux he woke up at three fifteen coincidentally a few nights in a row, and they thought, "Oh, that's a bit weird." You know, we all have moments like that. We all have those little instances. Where, mm. Oh, that's a bit odd. That that's freaked me out a little bit. Mm. But then we move on, and it doesn't mean anything. But to them, it was, "Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about when we tell our story, the story that we spin to make money." So. Three seems feasible as well. To be honest, whatever one of those is true, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I can. Like I'm, I'm invested in the Amityville story. I'm, I enjoyed the book. I enjoy the movies. I enjoy the, just the whole lore around it. And whether that comes from, yeah. what could potentially be a truly terrifying experience that was very real or whether it comes from someone's imagination doesn't really matter to me. Do you know what I mean? I also enjoy Harry Potter and that came from someone's imagination. Quite. She's a dickhead. Yeah. But you know, it came from someone's imagination and I'm fine (laughs) with that. So either way, I, I don't know if it really makes too much of a difference for me. It created a fantastic horror story that I am a huge fan of and whether it came from truth or whether it came from fiction, I'm not. I don't really mind. I'm not really fast. There's no crime. Do you know what I mean? They right. they haven't committed a crime by telling this story by making yeah. it. You know, it's granted they might have you know told the odd porky, but no one really got hurt from that, and and it meant that you know this story was created, and and I'm I'm okay, okay. with it. I'm fine with it. That does not answer Fair. your question. I appreciate that, but there's my
0: opinion. I mean, it. I mean, it kind of does. Like. I would probably give a similar answer. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we believe to be truth or, you know, what we believe to be fact or fiction. If George Lutz and Kathy Lutz believe it to be true, then that's what matters. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not. Um, if I had to choose an option, um, my, my skeptical... Disposition would probably go with number um option the option i can't what number options now uh the option that I said where it was one it's all real all two it's um, all fake
1: three it's a mixture of the two
0: okay right um I'd go with option two, but um there are things that do sound like they're feasible that could be looked at as paranormal um but there are also things that sound a little bit too Hollywood. The his wife transforming into a ninety-year-old woman before his eyes—just, I, I just can't buy that particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did admit that, you know, the the oozing walls uh, was was a fabrication. Um, and the thing that just sticks with me and I know that I've said it a few times, the thing that sticks with me is no other owner of that house has reported anything strange happening. Um, yeah. So either way, it, it doesn't really matter what camp I fall into. If if the Lutz family believe it to be true, they believe it to be true. And at the end of the day, it makes a good story. And we all love a good spooky story. You know, it's... Yes, we do. People... I, I sort of liken it to the Sarah Winchester house because people love the Sarah Winchester house. Um, yeah. But I think the majority, of, the majority of people know that that house, Sarah Winchester wasn't forced to build that house by spirits of the people that were killed by the Winchester rifles. And yeah. it's not the most haunted house in America. And there's very logical explanations right. for it's good story. the cold spots. But like you say, you know, it's a, it's a good story, um, and people still go to that house because they find it interesting. And I think this lasts because people find the amateur horror interesting, regardless of whether it's true or not. So yeah, I, I would definitely echo what you say, um, 100%. But it's, a, it's definitely a something fun to discuss, you know, and I I've, I've very much enjoy talking about it. So, so yeah. Um, Amy, would you like to see us out for this episode? I would
1: absolutely love to Um, thank you as always for listening we love 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 that you come back every week to support us and to listen to what we do Um, if you do want to support us further please feel free to leave a like leave a comment subscribe to the youtube channel um, leave us a little review on spotify pop some Q&A I don't know send out a carrier pigeon to your nan telling her how great we are whatever you want to do it doesn't matter do it because we love it. Um, if you want to support us financially, please feel free to do so. Um, we are struggling. We are so poor. We're so fucking. Poor. Um, so please feel free to, you know, sling us a coffee. Um, use the buy me a coffee link, provide us with caffeine, or if you want to get something for yourself, then go to the merch store and pick up some warehouse House merch, because that helps us a great deal. Until next time, thank you for joining us. Have a great day. And as always, stay spooky. You know, just stay spooky.
0: Stay spooky, everybody. It's very apt for this episode. Definitely stay spooky. Hell yeah, it is. Oh, dear.
1: Ryan Reynolds has been on my screen for the last half hour. I've not listened to anything that you've said in the last half hour.
0: (laughs) That's good, because Bailey Sarian's been on mine, so I didn't listen to anything that you told me either.
1: Good. I'm glad none of us are (laughs) listening. Hopefully, you know, our listeners are. (laughs) Awkward.